0: Where's the manager?
1: Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets.
0: It's gonna have to do it blind. What are you doing? I was looking up the date. It's the 27th. August twenty seventh, twenty twenty, episode sixty one of Car Selling Secrets by Walzer Automotive Group. We are joined in special. In special, oh, God. We are joined in studio by Steve. From Sabre Heating and Plumbing and Andy Bernard and
1: air conditioning. You forgot the air conditioning part.
0: (laughs) We'll be right back after this announcement.
1: Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the
2: latest? The latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, People come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant.
1: You're back.
0: We're back. Uh, Steve, a tradition in car selling secrets is we always have the guest. Tell the story of their very first automobile. And if it's a terrible story, just make something up. What was the first car you ever
2: had? First car I bought, or the first, first car that I had?
0: How about the first car you had? You could tell
3: both stories, Whichever's if you more want.
2: interesting. <laughs> well, well, the first you. one makes me sound like a lucky sperm spoiled kid. My first vehicle was a 79 Blazer, full size Blazer, oh, wow. red and white.
0: A real one, a two door?
2: Yeah, yeah. That was really cool for a you know, 16-year-old high school kid. Wow. Yeah, but we had to get rid of that after the first year and a half because I couldn't afford the gas. It's
0: good about nine.
2: Yeah, Dad was kind of funny. He got us a nice vehicle, but wouldn't give us the money to put the gas in it. (laughs) So (laughs) at eight miles to the gallon back then because it had a 350 in it. You know, we started using Mom's Toyota Corolla wagon, which got about 30 miles to the gallon. So... But my, uh, my first car was a BMW 320, huh. which uh, I took to college, and uh, I got a part-time job at college, which is another lesson that I learned from Dad, that when I went to college and started loading up the car, uh, mom's car that was, he goes, what are you doing? Well, I'm taking mom's car to college. He goes, is that your car? I'm like, no, no. Well, I guess we'll be bringing you to college then. Found out that car wasn't my car. <laughs> Same thing with the stereo my stereo i thought was mine wasn't mine so <laughs> we, we learned very very early on that if you wanted things like that you had to work for it so i went and got a part-time job in college and, and bought a bmw 320i which was a, a five-year-old car at the time but uh it's kind of interesting i had the front grill stole out of it twice
0: what, what year was it that was the bmw uh was
2: it was in 1980
0: so were those the kidney bean grill things it
2: was a bmw grill oh, okay usually
0: yeah. back in one year they were like two of them or something.
2: I kept thinking I was going to show up at a party someday, and uh, there it was going to be hanging on the wall, and I'm sure it was. I just didn't go to the right party. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> that is probably uh, possible. So
0: where would you go to college?
2: UW-Eau Claire. Went there for two years, then quit and started a family. You were a blue gold? Yeah, I didn't I know that. Yeah, I played hockey there my first year. I used freshman to go, year. There was year. You had a
1: really good basketball player there, but that was... God, coming up on forty years ago. I was trying to think. Of the Blue Golds had a really yeah. good team. Nineteen eighty was pro. 40 years ago. Forty years he did ago. go pro. He went yeah, pro. absolutely. Right. Yeah. What was his name? I was oh really like, man, I used to go over there just to watch him play basketball. Yeah,
2: that was. I was at. The, I was there in eighty four, and that was right about that so, time. So
1: yeah, that's yeah, that's about right. I can't
2: that's think about of his So name. about thirty six. I know years who he ago. was because everybody knew who he was. God, I, that's so <laughs>
1: sad. I can't remember his name. Can't remember. I could look up
3: the Blue Golds roster. Was from it 86. Joe mm-hmm. Merton? No. That no. sounds familiar too, though Joe Merton. Well, he was a basketball player who went to UW-Eau Claire. Did he ended up in the ended up in the NBA? Yeah, in 1981. So. Jesus, they had
1: quite the run there. No wonder I so remember that sure name, Joe Merton. It's
3: not Joe Merton. No, it's not no. Joe Merton. This was it's like... the other
0: guy. <clears throat> Scroll down and look for the other guy.
3: The other one of those. Um, I don't know. It Might take a while. Round 85, 86, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere 84. in there. Eighty Co- four. Eighty four
0: Kobe. Kobe something. It.
1: Kobe beef. Miguel Jordan. No. No. Ah, maybe he didn't make it to me. I we got, got the joke. Yes, Miguel Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan, I get it. Okay. <laughs> let's get back to by the way now, somebody actually topped Alex for the for the worst yeah. answer, in the first
0: car. Yeah, so we've done this. We started doing it a year ago. And usually the first car, it's almost a universal $400 shitbox. The very best, my wife's first car story was pretty good, but I think the best was the mayor of South St. Paul, Jimmy Francis, who had a Dodge Dart with a slant six, and he had been deer hunting, and he had a deer strapped to the... Roof of the car, coming back at midnight out of Mankato, the radiator blows out. Some old guy pulls over, and he goes, what's the matter, radiator bad? And he goes, yep. And he goes, I got one, but how about we just trade cars? (laughs) So the side of the road at midnight, he trades this slant six Dodge Dart for a blown-out Olds with no reverse switched the deer over so it, it's been hard to top that story but yeah. most most of the first cars are terrible except for you and now alex who was like i think it was the jaguar <laughs> that's <was laughs> what it was I'm like, oh,
1: God. was it a jaguar or an audi i can't yeah. remember I'm like oh for christ's <laughs>
3: sake so there have been two nba players from uw eau uh ronnie i think was his name frank shade or shod and then mike ratliff no. Yeah, I don't think it's. Oh, no, I don't know. <coughs> whatever. Well, Mike was. Ronnie, let's not see. Ronnie Henderson. Could be. Mike was 1972. Frank was also 1972. Wow. Yeah, but this would have been
1: like 83, 82, 83, 84. Whoever they there.
3: are, they're not on the list of. He was an African American yeah. kid. People Short? Who
1: are famous. No. Or whatever. No. Okay. He was really good. Really, really good player. The Blue, blue Golds, baby. And I used to love that radio station over there. Why would you? Have, and this was a big radio station, too. A lot of listeners. You're listening to WEAQ, Weak Radio. Mm-hmm. You really want to go by Weak Radio? Yeah. I don't know that that's a good idea necessarily, but, you know, what are you going to do?
2: Anyway.
0: So, Steve, Tom tells me you're a gearhead. You're in a oh, race. What's the deal? Geez. Tell us your automotive oh, history.
2: Oh, <laughs> Well, my, uh, my grandfather got me into racing at a young age, at uh, age three. He used to take us up to the Superior Speedway. And then uh, when he would spend time with us in the summertime, he'd take us uh, take me out. Nobody else in the family likes racing, but him and I go to all the different dirt tracks, you mm-hmm. know, around Wisconsin. And when uh, I went to Eau Claire, I met a guy over there that uh, raced late models. And uh, we went into an Napa Auto store, and he was working behind the counter. He had a picture of his race car back there. I'm like, man... I've always wanted to get into racing, but I just I don't know anybody that races. My family doesn't race. He goes, Well, oh, we're always looking for crew guys. So he uh, gave me his address, his name, and everything, and uh, showed up that night started working on his car. And uh, the <laughs> first night, he goes, Well, oh, why don't you tear down that motor right there? And we tore down the motor and, you know. Had you ever making...
0: done that before? Or you just grabbed a wrench and started <laughs> loosening shit <laughs> well, up? Well,
2: you know, the, the mini bikes, you yeah. know. But, uh, the but, mini bikes? Right yeah, we didn't, we didn't know, but he, he taught me a lot of things. He taught me how to weld. Uh, you know one day I showed up to the shop and he cut the rear end off the car and I mean from the from the back of the roll cage right behind the driver's seat there was nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean just totally gone and we fabricated a new rear end. And uh, just learned hands-on is all we did and then um, I didn't start racing until I was 34 or 35 I don't remember but I just flat out didn't have the money to do it. And uh, then I started racing and got into Super Stocks. I actually took one of his old late model cars that he had um, and we made it into a super stock, which is a lower class. Late models are kind of the upper class around here for dirt late models, or for, for dirt racing, and uh, I raced super stocks I think for three or four years, and then I moved up to late models, and we raced late models from 2005 through 2009, and then my son Michael was born in 2009, and in 2010 I sold everything. And then uh, two years ago Michael showed an interest in racing, so we got back into it, and now I'm back at it. And really? this so, year, Michael started racing, which is actually, for me, more fun. Um, matter of fact, we were in Manami last night at uh, Thunder Hill Speedway racing his go-kart. So,
1: so Michael is 11?
2: He is 11. Good God. Time's flying, Time man. Time does fly. Yep. Is he 7 feet tall yet? Uh, I think he's only 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, something five, like that. Five, yeah, he's 11, getting close to mom. Old. Mom's 5'8", and he's getting pretty close.
1: Yeah, because was, was when I was 11 years old, about to turn 12, is when I got up to 6 feet tall. It was wow. weird, because I was 11, 11 years old, about to turn 12. I was 6 feet tall and weighed 205 pounds. <laughs> and, by the way, going <laughs> trick-or-treating that year was a real thrill, because oh, my bet. voice dropped, too. I'm like, trick-or-treat. Trick-or-treat like, or I'll punch you. The hell out of here. <laughs> what are you, 25? <laughs> like, they, they were not happy. They were not giving of the candy. Damn it.
0: Yeah. So uh what what class are you racing now to what you call late models Dirt
2: late models yeah. yeah
0: so how long are those races and how long how long is it mileage and how long does it take to run one
2: <laughs> well we, for a weekly show you know we go out to cedar lake speedway mm-hmm. and uh, that's our home track uh, that and uh, superior speedway we're gonna race there tomorrow night but uh, we go there and you run a 10-lap qualifying heat race
0: Are they half mile tracks or how long are they?
2: Most of them are three eighths mile. Three eighths. Okay. Yeah, one third to three eighths. There's some half mile tracks, but uh, they're you know, 20 years ago and 30 years ago, most tracks were half miles, but uh, they've been shrinking them down. And um, half mile tracks are a little bit hard on equipment, hard on engines, and just that, and you get going so fast too. Uh, Safety thing. It's the safety thing. But we were down in Volusia uh, this February um right after uh, Key West we went from Key West drove up to uh oh, right. our crew drove our, our stuff <clears throat> yeah. down there but uh that track there we get going about 130 135 miles an hour Man. that's a big half mile track and uh I sent you a video it's kind of interesting you go on this track and you can imagine going on a half mile track and never lifting I mean put her to the board to the floor and slide the all floor. the way around. You just, you never lift. And uh, we did that at Eldora, too, back in uh, 2006 we went there. That's a track that Tony Stewart owns. And uh, you go around that track, and you get going close to 140 there, and you, you never left. You just flat out never left. And uh, that that that's what makes you come back. <laughs> <like that. But laughs> when that, you do things like that,
1: that's fine. I have to ask you guys a question just real quickly. It ties in with this. Because it happened again yesterday at about... Four thirty, five o'clock last night, I pulled out on the Highway 55 to go home from Golden Valley, right? Go so 55 to 169. These two cars went by me, and they were not you know, like, you know, sports cars, they were not, you know, young guys jacking up the... These two cars went by doing at least 100 miles
2: an hour. You know, that happened to me last week coming back from Menominee. What is that? 11 o'clock at night, mm. coming down through downtown Minneapolis, which we did that last night, too, which was kind and of fun. It was right fun for a little something to do. <laughs> but we come out of, uh, out of 94, hit 394 and go up, and I could hear this car coming from behind me. And it just <laughs> flew right by me and another yes. one. <laughs> Same story. Yep. And I was like, man, what happened to all the police on 394? You know, if you remember, I don't know, 20 years ago when I was a younger single guy, we used to go downtown when it was safe to go downtown. And, Mm -hmm. you know, coming back home to the west side on 394 was kind of like playing Russian roulette with with the DUI. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. uh, Not that I ever did that, but, uh, you know, it was dangerous. Every time you come back from from downtown, there was police pulling people over on 394 all the time. And I'm like, well, this ought to be interesting because eventually we're going to see him pulled over. And, man, we made it all the way to Plymouth and nothing.
1: See? No police, because you behave, Yeah, these were these were two gray two-door sedans. They were not race cars. They were not sports cars, but they were doing at least hundred miles an oh, hour. Oh yeah. Now the weird part of that is, so I see that yesterday, and then on the way in this morning on Highway 100 coming north from from uh, 62, I'm driving along and I look ahead of me and I like, what is that? There was a car in the middle lane, 4.30 this morning, doing about 25 miles
0: an hour. Ooh, I've seen that a lot back in the band days, coming home at 2.30 or 3 in the morning.
1: Because he was weaving a little bit, I will tell you that. It's either a
0: medical medical condition or they're just completely hammered.
1: That's what it looked like. He's doing 25 on Highway 100.
0: Years ago, I I had a lot of motorcycles, (laughs) and I used to ride them pretty fast, and I was heading out to Stillwater one day. 3 in the afternoon, I'm going 90, 95, and I'm coming up on the 36 exit, and I'm like, ooh, I better get past this car quickly, so I sped up, so I'm probably going 110, Uh-oh. and then I look to the left, and there's a highway patrolman in the median, and he's putting his coffee down, the wheels are spinning, the lights I'm like oh, crap, so he pulled over at the bottom of the lane, and, you know, I waited for him, and he gets my license, and of course, everybody that I'd just blown by for the past 15 miles, is like, honking Beeping and stuff. Doors. He goes, friends of yours? And I said, yeah, I'm part, of the family part of the family reunion I'm going to. And he goes, well, I couldn't I get you it. on radar, but you made that truck look like it was, I'm going to have to write you a, a, a warning. I said, don't do that. Said, it doesn't go in your, it's just, I said, don't do that. Why don't you want? I said, only girls get warnings. The guy started laughing and he just walked back to his car.
1: Only, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Car selling secrets. Tom Bernard here, and here with me is the CEO of North American banking company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website about a customer near where I grew up, North Minneapolis. They were specifically looking
0: for a community bank. That's right, Tommy, Prestige Products. They had been with another community bank, but when their bank was acquired by a large regional bank, the owner felt like they were just seeing his business for the numbers on the page and not really understanding his long-term plans. So he met with a number of community banks in the area, including us. Luke at our branch in Shoreview met with the owner, they hit it off, and Prestige Products chose to work with us. Incidentally, their favorite part of working with Luke is that he gets excited about the same things that are important to them. Having a clear understanding of your long-term goals makes for a great relationship and our difference maker for your business.
1: Why not bank with MyBanker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Now tell me this isn't Robin Trower. Listen to that guitar playing All ability. Right. listen to the ability, ladies and gentlemen. I got
0: a cute story for you to read here.
1: Oh, I'm gonna read the story. Yeah,
0: okay, this heartwarming a automotive story.
1: story. <clears throat> All right, I got my glasses on. Here we go. Stray dog gets home. Job at Hyundai dealership Tucson Prime has become an Instagram star at a store in Brazil where buyers come back to see the dog and take pictures with him. A stray dog that a Hyundai dealership in Brazil adopted as its own showroom mascot has become so popular that the automaker plans to use him in a national advertising campaign. Staff at Prime Hyundai... Originally intended to just give the dog some food and a warm place to sleep on a rainy night, according to reports in various Brazilian media, but as the dog continued to stick around, they named him Tucson Prime, appointed him a professional consultant. Mm. Huh? And even made him a staff ID badge. Well, that's good. They also took him to a veterinarian for treatment and vaccinations. Manager Emerson Mariano told Top Motors Brazil that the dog's very caring and docile nature has helped customers and employees feel at home. Some buyers return to the showroom to see him, give him gifts and take pictures with him. The dealership created an Instagram account for Tucson that has gained more than 150,000 followers. Hyundai Brazil has promoted the dog on its own social media accounts and named him a brand ambassador. Isn't that cool? What, that I can read without having a No, well, you, free? you're a great reader. That,
0: that was, was impressive. It's a cool
1: story. <laughs> because that was impressive. <laughs> I, I, I don't like know why that. I can do that. Most people can't do that, and I don't know why. It makes no sense.
0: Well, it's probably nerves as part of it, but find no. a stray you dog that got hey. 150,000 followers. That's just yeah, Well,
1: dogs, man. I, I keep telling people on the show, if you've got a pet, man, make sure the dog's on your lap, cat's on your lap, whatever. You need to stay close to your pets because you're going to lose your mind how nuts the world is right now. Yeah. God, it's crazy out there. I mean, you're lucky you have an 11-year-old right now because that really is going to help you a lot. I work with my son and my daughter and my wife. It helps a ton. I mean, people are so insane right now. God. But they're yeah. buying cars, so that's a good thing. They
0: are. And I, how, is your, how is your business?
2: pretty strong. Yeah, that, I, I would assume I, I, so. I pause because I don't like to admit that because there's a lot of companies out there that <clears throat> thanks to our government aren't doing so right. well. No, there's, there's definitely yeah. the we, divide. We were, but we were picked a winner, uh, which I think is unfair. But, I,
0: I was listening to an interview with a, a guy who has a big roofing company out just outside of Detroit and he was saying the same thing and his point, and maybe it's what you're seeing, is because so many people are working from <clears> home that well, they're investing some money and they're just getting yeah, around to maybe. fixing yeah, stuff yeah. up that they've been putting off for years and maybe. years. And
2: I was surprised because going into air conditioning season, I figured that nobody would want anybody coming into their house to give an estimate right? and then to have it installed. But we were actually, we had one of the busiest years we've ever had, and it just didn't make sense. And then we do a lot of new construction too. Yeah. And we had such a strong January and February, uh, as, as far as our builders go, selling homes. But that carried us through the slow time because they sold nothing in March and April. Everything shut down for four days. I mean, it just shut days. down. Right. But then as, as soon as it, things opened up in the middle of May, they've had record weeks. Yeah. And then obviously a record month in June. And now we're, I mean, it's, it's as busy as, a, as far out as we can see. And uh, I know in the housing industry here in the Twin Cities, I think I read there was 30% fewer homes for sale than average. And really? when there's that many fewer homes the only option is to buy new homes Well we do new construction so new construction is just going like crazy right now right
0: yeah we're you know we're down a little bit year over year in terms of volume but it's still really good and normally as you know in a recession the first two businesses that go in the tank are car sales and, and home construction mm-hmm. I mean it's just like the canaries in the coal mine and other than that period between, I guess it was like St. Patrick's Day, and then the first of May. It just uh, took off. And I talked to Dan Chesky, who you know has a big marine dealership in Bloomington, sells a lot of pontoon boats. And he goes, "It's just been astounding." It's there.
1: Yeah. God. What do you guys have in common, the three of you? Bilski, and two and uh, we all know Polish Michael people. Michael Bryant.
2: Uh, yeah, I wonder why your business. <laughs> <visits. laughs> it, it, it's funny you hear the government, be trying to come out with more stimulus and all the economic indicators indicate that the economy is strong with the right. exception of the the restaurant industry yeah. and some other industries hotels and whatnot but yeah i'm trying mean, to figure a... out what they're trying to stimulate you right, can't yeah, buy a boat because there are no boats no you, there you can't no buy boats. a four-wheeler i know my dad was trying to buy a four-wheeler can't find one yeah. they don't have them <laughs> i want to buy a four-wheeler but they're not out there
0: but then if you are in a, like sports industry entertainment you know, look at Las Vegas. It's just a disaster, There's and most restaurants. There. It's brutal, but everything else. Yeah. Is, it's it's really unusual because normally, when it's bad,
2: the normal it's just, economic it's indicators for everybody. are yeah. opposite of what it would normally be. That's exactly, yes, it it. makes sense.
0: Let's go back to hot rods. So, what do you, what engines do you put in these things to go 140 miles an hour flat to the floor for? but a little race is what 25 minutes long or something like that
2: well the feature races are normally around here they're 30 laps uh cedar lake just had the usa nationals which is kind of funny because uh there was no social distancing there at cedar lake speedway there hasn't been all year yeah it's you're shoulder to shoulder in the stands and you go in the concession stands and you're all squeezed together and it's just business as usual over there Mm -hmm. kind of funny yeah uh, yeah they're still shaking hands uh in wisconsin and uh We have a shop in Iowa, and they're still shaking hands in Iowa, and it's a little different culture. But uh, going back to the engines around here locally, we run uh, normally a Chevy 350, and then they uh, they bore it out to get to a 362. But um, if we travel outside of this area, um, the national late models, it's pretty much unlimited and uh you can run upwards to a 480 cubic inch small block yeah we have a 430 cubic inch the one we had down in florida was a 430 cubic inch all-aluminum motor that produces just over 900 horse man and we can hook them up and it's fun i would imagine 900 (laughs) horsepower (laughs) yeah imagine again going around a track with 900 horse with your foot on the pedal all the way to the floor and never lifting going into a corner is it loud
0: I'm yeah. just kidding it's
2: loud. <laughs> he goes yeah it's loud. yeah it's funny the the big motor the 430 cubic inch motor is noticeably louder than the 700 horse 362
0: really yep so yeah. do you, uh, you run I, i'm just a total idiot when it comes to this stuff do you run manual transmissions or automatics or
2: um, they're, they're a manual transmission. They're basically an in and out. Uh, the most popular one is a Burt transmission and, uh, there's a, a low gear for starting out. And then once you get on the track, you pop it in high gear and you just leave it there.
0: Okay. So it's just a two speed.
2: Yep. Yep. Hmm. With a reverse. Yeah. They weigh about 25 pounds, maybe. The
0: transmission.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're all aluminum. Really? And you can take that yeah. force, huh? Yeah. I got a good story about trannies too, because, uh, we well, have, we doesn't, yeah. We were running the Knoxville Nationals, and uh, we made the feature night in our qualifying night, which was 30 laps on a half-mile track that we were doing 135, 140. And uh, I get out of the car, and I look back behind the car, and there's a red line that goes back, kind of like how I would back out of the pits and go out on the track. And I uh, go to my crew chief, Andy, and I go, Andy, did you uh, you check the plug on the transmission before we uh, after you filled it up? He goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh. All right, we better jack it up to see if, the, if it's still in. We jack it up, and the plug is on the right side of the, the transmission, which is kind of bad if you accidentally hand-tightened it and it loosened up. And when you're going around the track, you know, right. turn left, everything, everything to right goes side. to the right. So uh, sure enough, that plug was gone. So we ran 30 laps at Knoxville, which is one of the, the hardest tracks anywhere um, as far as being hard on equipment. And we went around with no oil in the transmission. It's a a testament to uh, synthetic oils. We had uh, Amsoil in there, ATF fluid in there, and we uh, we had a spare transmission. So we took it out and we ran the next night with the old or the new transmission. But we had that transmission looked at, and the guy said that it was uh, that rebuilds them. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. Can you imagine that?
0: You wouldn't think that that would. Remember
2: those commercials where they uh, they were testing or they were using it as an example for uh, synthetic fuels where they started up a motor and drained the oil out of it and it still runs. Yeah, same type of deal.
0: Well, they did that in the old North Star Cadillac V8 commercials where they drained drain the water out of them and drive them through the desert and claim that if you've ever owned a Cadillac North Star, you know it's just total BS. It's the worst pile of crap General Motors ever made.
1: A kind of negative.
0: Well, you, you obviously never owned one. <laughs> well,
1: that's, well, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point.
0: I'm gonna take a well we got a few minutes let me read a quick story and then we'll take a break i brought i was prepared i brought stuff
1: you did man that's very he's not using his professional
0: so ford uh took a run at chrysler this year by bringing back the bronco it's an iconic nameplate right. to go right after jeep wrangler which is another iconic brand and they're selling the crap out of broncos so chrysler has retaliated with the uh, TRX, which stands for T-Rex. They took a Ram 1500 uh, pickup truck and put the Hellcat 702 horsepower motor in it. Jesus. Goes zero to 60 in like five seconds.
1: I would imagine.
0: (laughs) Chrysler is crazy. They've always done stuff like that. I remember back, this has to be 2000 to 2006, they did the same thing. They had a, they didn't, I don't think Ram was the brand, then they still call them Dodge trucks. But they stuffed a V10 Viper motor in, in uh, Ram pickup trucks for about five or six years. And those things would go 160 miles an hour, which is really fast. It's screaming fast and crazy in a pickup truck. I mean, you're not the most stable vehicle at that kind of speeds in the world. But anyway, Chrysler's done it again. They're firing the shots at Ford with a new T-Rex.
1: That is isn't this all come from Iacocca? Is that when they started getting nuts?
0: No, you know, I think it... It probably predated him. You know, back in the 60s, where a lot of this hot rod stuff came from, it was actually a lot of car dealers that do it. So they'd take, you know, really lightweight uh, cars like uh, Plymouth Belvedere's, and then, you know, the dealer would say, slap the biggest motor you can, and then they'd drive them to Detroit and say, here, Yanko is a famous Chevy dealer, and the the Yanko Camaros and stuff. That's how that started. They'd drive them to Detroit and say, well, here, why don't you do this? We'll sell the crap out of them, and then the big three they just started stuffing the biggest motors possible in a lot of those cars and they, and they sold really well
1: did they ever figure out the odds are what the odds were that that iacocca would become chairman of chrysler corporation now uh, you've told
0: me this before that's no, a, do you know the deal here mm.
1: his name is lee iacocca you remember him no, i heard, heard him yeah he was the chairman of chrysler corporation right yep. his name spells out i am chairman of chrysler corporation of america what are the chances of that happening? I mean think about that.
0: We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back after Tom takes another hit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve with us from Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. So, okay, the two. How do people get a hold of you first of all?
2: Uh, online, SaberHeating.com. That's probably the easiest way to do it. SaberHeating.com. They can yep. you take care of plumbing,
1: heating, air conditioning. You take care of everything. Yep. See that easy. And I've said it before. If you just tuned in, though, ladies and gentlemen, that the people that work for Steve and Steve, very polite. They finish their work. They're very clean. They don't just tramp through your house. I mean, you guys are very professional about
2: that, yeah. which I always appreciate. One of the things that we do, I think, that' uh, a little different than most in our in industry is that when we come out and do a service call, we fix what needs to be fixed. And we see something that looks really bad, we'll bring it up to you. But it, it, unfortunately, in our industry, uh, the majority of the companies now come in there and they look for things to sell you. And uh, we hear it from our customers and uh, from you know, unfortunately, they've called someone else. And um, you know, we just don't do that.
1: So. You know, what's amazing about that, and I won't say who it is, but uh, there's a very big plumbing and heating outfit that before I knew you, we we had like a water heater problem or I don't know what this is. I think it was a water heater, blew up or whatever. So we brought them in, and um, they quoted the deal. I then met you very shortly after that, and I said, well, would you come and look at this? Your price was 10% of what theirs was. Their price was wow. 10 times higher than yours. Yeah. Because I think they came in and looked around the house and went, oh, okay, well.
2: No. Well, there's, there, there's actually a company, a couple of them, that teach how to basically go into a house and maximize yeah. the amount of sales that you can get. And I know for a fact, because I know someone that works over at one of these places, And uh, they have meetings, and they basically publicly shame their employees. They have a quota that they need to meet, and they put it up on the board. So and so did this much per average call. This person did this, and if you're at the bottom, you were publicly shamed in those meetings. And they have a definite quota. I don't want to say what it is, but they uh, when they're out there, they're trying to sell you things. Oh yeah, this was this this was.
0: I had that happen to me before I got this furnace replaced. I had a problem with it. I can't, I can't remember what it was, but some guy came out, red tagged it, and gave me a fifteen thousand dollars quote oh, for a furnace. Man,
2: you got to watch that. It's and a good a, furnace, man. Well, <laughs> I, I could have bought five. Yeah. <laughs> so well. yeah, we've talked about doing a commercial about warning people about that because you know it's really unfortunate that they can do that because if yeah. you're you're yep. you're you're a homeowner, and it's ten below. If someone comes in and red tags your furnace. Are you going to go out and get three estimates yeah, or get no. another estimate?
0: No, it's total fear closing. No. And I knew what he was doing mm-hmm. because I've no. been in sales for 30 years and there's a good way to yeah. do it and then there's a crappy
2: way. We recently had a customer that had called somebody else and uh, they went and red tagged their furnace that was five years old. Yeah. They told them it had a cracked heat exchanger.
0: Right. The guy said the same thing and he tried to show me a blurry cell yeah. phone picture. And yeah. I'm like, You're so they
2: full of shit. Quoted them, you know, $6,000, $7,000 for a new furnace. You got to have it. And the guy just he goes, nah, that ain't right. So, he called us. We went out there and we're like, there's there's no crack here. There's there's nothing wrong with your furnace. I mean, there God was a there man. was a problem with I forget with the it was a simple part that needed to be replaced, but it wasn't a heat exchanger. And, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. it's sickening. It's sickening that that happens in in our industry. But yeah. I know that you know, just not not us. There's other companies too out there that don't do that. But, right. Right. That's you know, crazy. I don't want to name names, of course. No, I but, get it, uh, and because.
0: We're really lucky now because most of our, I would say all of our competitors, they're not one price car dealers, but they're, they're, you know, I have friends in the Morris organization, the Luther's, and I would, you know, if I wasn't in the car business, I'd feel perfectly comfortable sending my friends to them. We'd, we don't really have any villains anymore, but when you do have them, it, you got to be careful when you call them out.
2: There was a time that that was happening. You know, we, we, we buy Chevys because Dad's, you know, part owner of a Chevy store over in Wisconsin. Yep. And uh, we've taken it to a couple of Chevy stores when it's under warranty, and we've had that happen. We bring it in for a warranty part, and they come back and hit you at, you know, you need $2,000 worth of work done. You're like, right. well, right. just fix the warranty stuff. God, you it's know? odd that a
0: race car driver would need work on his own car. <laughs>
2: exactly. I don't there's too much computerization on these new trucks well, that's, that's true. True. Yeah. It's just yeah, that you can't get anything <laughs> no, you know, you, it is tough. You, yeah. know uh, you know we had to pull the motor a couple of times well we switched motors yep. in the race car and you know how long it takes me to pull that motor by myself take a guess an hour one hour one hour to have that motor sitting on the ground on an engine stand man it's pretty on your simple race on cars, oh, not okay. a race car i wouldn't even attempt to do it in one of our trucks i'd look at it for an hour going where do you start
0: Actually, in a lot of trucks, you have to take the body off.
2: Wow. That. Jesus.
1: You'll see you know him. what's going to be great about this? Right after this show, I'm going to receive a call from Michael Bryant going, I didn't know anybody could do a commercial longer than Doug's. <laughs> <for a
0: phone." laughs> oh, I thought we'd gone back into the show already. Well, what's your favorite, <laughs> hey,
3: what's yes. your favorite coolant? What's your favorite coolant? They're still doing the Freon? Probably not, huh? Now, I love
0: I about it. about 25 years. <laughs> I love free it. Free in cars.
1: And the website again is? SaberHeating.com. Saber Very simple. Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Oh, we'll be right back.
3: Now. Now.
0: That's a long commercial. Oh. See? That's why you do them live. I'm going charge you
2: extra for it that. Right? <laughs> it's <was> only seven <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> well, that about wraps up our show for the yeah, day. Yeah. That's going to wrap her up, <laughs>
1: ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I think it's fantastic. But, see, I told you would be a great guest. Yeah, for no, it's secrets. perfect. are talking about a little racing, 140 yeah. miles mm-hmm. an hour, pedal to the metal, stays there.
0: So how yeah. much money does it cost to own a race car like that and maintain it? I mean, how much or, – or, or you're not supposed to say because your wife's going to hear this and go, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what?
2: Takiana. No. No, my – I joke about this, but it's true. But my wife spends more on herself than I spend on my race car.
1: Oh, I like it.
2: That's a yeah. good argument right there. Yeah, but no, it's you, when you look at our cars, and I sent you a picture of the car on, your, on the email, but uh, you wouldn't think it's that high tech as, as high tech as it is. But our shock absorbers are six thousand dollars for a set.
0: Oh man! Wow.
2: Yep, our motors um, are about thirty thousand, and if we want to go travel, you can buy one all the way up to about sixty four thousand. The Ford uh, RY44 or RY45 motors, brand new, they're sixty-four thousand. I don't have one of those. No, no. <laughs> Don't need one, but uh, the cars themselves, without a motor and transmission, are about forty thousand dollars. Jeez.
0: So you got 80 grand tied up in one car. Now, do you just campaign with one car, or do you have a backup? Or
2: um, I just have one car right now. Uh, back in the day when I used to race fifty shows a year, we had two cars, and we had a semi truck and a stacker trailer, and Jeez. yeah, we had it all. So right you're racing like four. Prize money, or are you just well, racing for the hell of it? What's stupid is around here locally we race for about eight hundred to a thousand dollars to win. Uh, yeah, it's not really going to make no, up for the cost, is t- it? Tenth place pays about two fifty. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so you can make a small fortune as long as you start with a big one and work your way down.
2: Exactly, <laughs> that's what racing is. But <clears throat> these days, you know, tomorrow will be my tenth show this year. So, and that's we, we were shooting to get twelve to fifteen shows this year. So I'm just doing it very, very part time. So, But, you know, Cedar Lake just had their USA Nationals here three weeks ago, and uh, that's when all the traveling professionals come. There's guys that this is how they make a living. We race against those guys, and uh, a lot of the NASCAR guys own dirt late model teams. And uh, most of the dirt late model teams that travel, they have a rich guy that owns it, and they hire a crew. They buy a semi-truck. They hire a driver. and. Just, I
0: was going to say, you need some sponsors to make a living at this, I would You
2: think. need a rich guy that's yeah. looking for a tax shelter is what they're trying to do. That's yeah. the only thing I yeah. can think of because there's no money to be made. You know, the top guy last year grossed just over 600000 in earnings. Wow. That was the top guy in the country. So I take it. I think number 10 was yeah, probably just over Yeah, but that's before the expensive. Yeah. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah. how, well, I mean, how many people does somebody like that typically employ? They've got to have a crew of four or five people, right? You say
3: gross. Yeah. Do you have any idea what the net
2: might be?
0: It's about $4,500. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, <if> do <laughs> the math. A can of that, Coke. That,
2: exactly. that team has got four cars, probably four or five motors. Well, right there, you, you made six hundred thousand, but that just paid for your cars and motors for the yeah. year. That doesn't include any expenses or wages. Oh, God, man. and of that six hundred thousand, <clears throat> half of that went to the driver. Well, roughly, I think they get about forty percent or fifty percent, depends on their their deal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but Cedar Lake paid fifty thousand to win, which is a, one of the highest paying shows in the country. I think there's a couple that pay a hundred grand to win, but uh, that's it. Otherwise. You know, a couple times a month, there's a fifty or forty thousand dollar to win show somewhere in the country. Wow! But locally, we race for eight hundred to a thousand to win. And like I said, tenth place pays two fifty. So it's you ain't doing it to make money because it <laughs> costs more than two fifty to get to the track.
0: Yeah, I bet it. No, I bet it does. Yeah, I was just I haven't finished tenth
2: it. yet this year either, so I've yet to get a big check. <laughs> no dough no dough coming in yet. Well, we had a fourth of July weekend show at Cedar Lake where the World Outlaws came with the World Outlaw late models and sprint cars. We ran that show and I think we made about thirteen hundred bucks. Which is for me is good. I'm I'm not one of the top drivers. Racing ten times a year is not gonna get you there. No, no, I suppose not. No. We race against guys that very well funded and they race you know 40 50 times a year
0: now do they have dirt track schools they teach, do teach i went to one back
2: reason? in 2002 i think down in uh south carolina yep
0: do you have to bring your own car or do they nope.
2: provide them they provide a car god that sounds like it'd be a blast yeah it's not no? as fun as going out there on your own but okay. it's, it's still it, it teaches you the basics which is if you're you know you new to driving it's a very helpful school to go to yeah I love this. I got a
1: text message from a listener. Chrysler still
0: sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Don't pick on the Italians.
2: Well, you know what they used to say about Dodge, right? They're like herpes. Once you get them, you can't get rid of them. (laughs) That's really nice. Excellent. That's really nice. Going into the Hall of Fame. I love looking at text messages. I'm guessing it was
0: Joe from Louisville. We've got a
1: yes, sir. That's exactly who it was. Joe from Louisville. Chrysler still
0: sucks. Builds Fords down in Kentucky.
2: That was the old Dodge, though. You know, that was 30 years ago when I was in the, the car business actually selling at one of your dealerships. Which ones did you work at? Polar Chev. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So you
0: know Thane Hawkins and...
2: I've met Thane Hawkins and uh, Bill Krause. Bill,
0: I know Bill really well. So we bought that, we bought all of Thane's stores now. Uh, started with a Hon, no, the Dodge store, Freeway Dodge, I think in 2000 and then Honda and, because he didn't have any, you know, kids that wanted to get into the business, and he's he's still doing well. He's probably eighty now, I think. Oh wow! Do you know how he got in the car business?
2: He was a airline pilot, wasn't he? Was he? An
0: airline pilot, yeah. And had they had a sale. downturn
2: or something like that. Yeah, we didn't went they went on strike. Yeah. And he
0: and Gary Maddox, they were buddies wow. with Wally McCarthy, and they said, "Well, why don't we go sell cars this summer? It'll be fun." So they went to the old store on four ninety four and Penn, and hey, why don't, we should just be dealers. So Gary bought Towns Edge dodge and Thane started the did the polar deal so yeah. i think bill kraus is retired now is so. he so is howie hogan there then
2: howie hogan was there yeah oh man is that made
0: johnny cash look like uh you know a physically fit specimen <laughs> this guy chain smoked four
2: <laughs> packs of
3: cigarettes a day oddly died of lung cancer at about 45. i think everyone's met one of those
0: but he was a pretty cool dude actually so yeah. smitty, know smitty
2: jeffries is he still there i don't know i don't think so uh, Trying to think of the name of the, uh, the trucks truck. So, so uh, what management. years were you up there? I think I was there. I started in June of '87. I think.
0: Okay, I was down working for. That's about my first trip through Walsall. I worked at Towsley uh, from '85, '84 to '86, something like that.
2: Oh, so you were in the car business back then? Oh yeah. Uh, do you know? Did you, did you hear stories about the uh, Denny Hecker stores back then? yeah about the control tactics that they would do oh
0: yeah well it's just as minute, I was I delicately this. saying earlier <laughs> now the competition in town pretty honorable people there was a time when there were certain
2: what, what was a spiff to get a customer in the trunk
0: oh well we used to do that one for fun see if you could get customers to get in trunks and then shut to the get load. into
2: the trunk yeah. why yeah. would they get in the trunk eh, it it's a control fun. tactic yeah you control the customer that's what they used but to teach us do back do in that? the days. Who would get in the trunk of a You'd car? you be surprised. Really? Mm. You get them under the car. What was the spit for getting them under the car? Well,
0: I will tell you a story. I'm oh not going to name God. names, but there was a actually, he's a good buddy of Tom Ryan's. You buddy. guys
1: are worse than radio people. Oh, we are. are. So, well, here, let me tell <laughs> I you don't the story.
0: Know we are. So That's why one he got of his, out of the business.
2: He's of still his, in. It. What's his
1: excuse?
0: One of his buddies <laughs> is like this top salesman, but he's completely crazy. And everybody hates him because he skates all everybody the other salespeople. When skating is when, you know, I've been working with Andy for two weeks, he's about to buy. Uh, Andy comes in, and then Steve takes him and sells uh, him a car. That's called skating. Well, so. How
1: can you do that? Somebody else's client. That well, don't make any it, sense. It'd
0: take another three hours to oh, tell okay. the story. Never so mind. they take this guy, a bunch of them, and they stuff him in the trunk of oh, a. God. Won't tell you <laughs> what dealership it was. A Lincoln, uh, and then they all go to lunch. Wow. They come back and let him out of the trunk, and he's taken all his clothes off, and he's completely naked. <laughs> what? <laughs> you probably know who I'm talking about. <laughs> We'll we'll not say it on the air, but anyway. Do
1: I know him? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Damn it. Because I'd like to go right after him. It would have been phenomenal.
0: But, you know, it's funny that you bring this up because that's the car business that I grew up in and how I was trained. And then, you know, there was a time I was going to get out. And then that's why I went back to Walzer and... 17 years ago, because I watched him go to one price, and now, in fairness, Thane Hawkins was the first guy in town that did it. It wasn't Walzer. Thane was a one-price dealer back in, like, 1990 or something like that. And I thought, you know, this is the way the world is going to be. All all these BS games, beating people up and arm-wrestling people, it's just, the world isn't going to go that way, and the Internet isn't going to allow it. So I came back, and... And I've been there ever since because there is a different way to do it. It's just like you don't red tag people on five-year-old yeah. furnaces and try to just <clears throat> ring them up. No.
2: No. That was See? 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, different. The, the, the red tag furnace was 30 years ago? No. Oh, car- the car business, yeah.
1: You know what's good about this for me, and it really is, honest to God, whether it's Steve or you or Bilski or Michael Bryant or you go down the list to be, you know, Mike Lindell. I don't do business with people who scam people. I yeah. won't do it. I have no interest in endorsing somebody who will go out and scam the hell out of people. Ugh.
0: It, well, you used to do Dr. Bill Lone, didn't you?
1: No. <laughs> God, how long? What was that like 50 that might years have been ago? 45.
0: This guy was a, a basement waterproof scam. I think he's still in prison, actually.
1: He probably is. What was his name?
0: Dr. Bill Lone.
1: I think it, Dr. And it was L O A N, wasn't it? Or was it L-O-N-E? I
0: think it was L-O-N-E. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, he, about uh, yeah. the first two yeah, years. Yeah, you're
3: right, Dr. Bill L-O-N-E. And he's there. He's and a weird weird guy. He is currently dead.
0: Oh, okay. Well, we don't so expect So now he's, any he's alone.
3: He's alone to alone, baby. Yeah, and 2012. Love, what kind of doctor was he, Andy? By the way, uh, doctor, doctor
0: of, of waterproof. Doctor
3: of yeah, <laughs> waterproofing. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see here. A doctor. They're all doctors now, aren't they? Age of 77. Died in Naples, Florida. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. So he did get out at some point. Well, remember he, when he, he first? Do you know who we're talking about? No. Oh, God, he's a real this person. Guy. His education oh, yeah. is in theology and clinical pastoral psychology. <laughs> Huh. And he ended so up. So this must have been back people in the, out of money. This
0: must have been back in the seventies, yeah. then it had he doesn't be, remember. Yeah.
3: That's how it no. used to be though. It's that so, was like the thing is people bad people would become super religious to make up for how bad they were.
1: That's very true. So here's the deal. We'll close with this. First round of commercials, it's just hi, I'm Bill Lone. I just want to talk to you about, you know, keeping your house safe and blah, blah, blah. Then about I I don't know, a few months after that he was Doctor Bill Lone. Wanna to talk to you about keeping your home? And then, after that, he got a natural, he got his hair done up in a natural deal. Mm. Dr. Bill Lone here, you've been counting on me now for over a year. Next commercial, he's standing next to a very expensive car. And the final, remember what he did in the final commercial? I do Standing next to his private plane. <laughs> oh,
3: my God. <laughs> well, I found the state versus Loan, 1985, but it's very long, and I don't know how it ended up. I don't know how long well, he ended I'm up in prison. Sure don't Run know how long he went. Yeah, he ended up in prison. Like That's going to do with Dougie. That wraps up
0: episode sixty-one. Kind of a rambler, but kind of fun. <laughs> a bit. I bit like a yeah. rambler. Yeah, no, telling stories from the way the car business used to be. And thanks, Steve, for being on. You were just Thank wonderful. You. Have you on back sure again? We'll be. We will not be here next week. No podcast at all next week. Right? No, not
3: well, next we're not week, doing though. the show. But if you want to, we can. No it's...
0: good. No. <laughs>
3: well, okay then. We'll talk to you later with the family.